BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Unboxing shit eight. Myself. Joshua City here, and Boz, Mr. Boxing Haven himself. How's it going? Yeah, it's just going fine. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. Well, we're, of course, are trying out a new thing. We're going with StreamYard. We're going to try and make this thing get as much as attention as possible. So for those that join in, thank you. And for those that watch it in the aftermath, you can join the next one. So it's all good. Uh, we can uh, jump straight into it. Of course, the big thing for this past weekend was the huge heavyweight fight. Uh, and that is Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. Uh, and hello, Siran, Siran Phillips. Thank you for uh, joining. But yes, uh, Tyson Fury hey. versus uh, D- versus. Dillian White, it was huge over in the UK. They had an estimated 94,000 people in attendance there at Wembley Stadium, and the atmosphere was live. I will say that I believe the UK has the best atmosphere for boxing when you talk those large or massive events. And this one delivered, and I felt like all eyes were on the matchup at that particular point. So, of course, we know the result ended up being a victory for Tyson Fury with a six-round KO in dramatic fashion, I would say. Uh, so, first off, uh, what were your thoughts on just the event in itself, uh, Boz? Uh, well, you know, the fact that it was pay per view, I thought that was not very, I thought that was rather ridiculous because had it been Fury versus Joshua, yeah, why not? All right, then I could have, of course, seen, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, you know, Fury versus White. You know, it just isn't big enough in a, a fight to to justify a pay per view. So that's the one one thing. Well, uh, shall I talk about the fight now? Also, <laughs> fight itself. Hey, why not jump straight into it? Let, yeah, let me know your yeah. thoughts on how it went down. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, pretty much as expected, except that White didn't you know get to do much. Uh, he was he did try, but uh, 
he landed some i think he mostly landed the the cleanest shots that he landed were body shots yeah and uh but of course you know there was the height disadvantage so it wasn't easy for him to really land clean upstairs you know so <laughs> and fury was really just uh you know picking him apart and uh he was so dominant and uh, in, in the end, he got that knockout, which was a little bit surprising because it was just as the round was about, you know, to to end that he <laughs> nailed Dillian White with that big uppercut. So, yeah, I mean, just a very, very dominant performance by Tyson Fury, even more so than I think many of us had expected. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I wasn't expecting it to go down quite like that. As a matter of fact, I tweeted out, and I know I may have mentioned it to you uh, Mm. when we were chatting, that I thought it would either be a furry decision, probably unanimous, or a white KO, uh, which was, of course, a long shot uh, approach there. But it ended up being Fury who dominated the entirety of the fight for the most part. Now, I did give... Dillian White, the first round, uh, even though there wasn't much there from either yeah. of them. And, of course, uh, the remaining rounds were fairly uh, sloppy up until the point where where Fury was able to start taking over. But I will say that Fury showed that, at least it, for anyone who isn't as technically sound as him, and which there's not many people, Alexander Usyk may be the one, uh, yeah. But if you're not technically as sound as him and the roughhouse tactics don't work, then you're in for trouble. And I think that yeah. spelled doom for Dillian White and his similar script played out for Deontay Wilder in each of the fights that they were uh, taking on each other. And so I think that Fury right now is in such a complete form as far as, as his overall ability that it'll be tough for anyone to defeat him, even Alexander Usyk. And I think the size will play a factor because Fury came in at 263 pounds for this one, if I'm not mistaken. But we know that in the last Wilder fight, he came in at about 277 or somewhere in the yeah. 270s. Yeah. And it was, yeah. It was 280, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, by fight night, yeah, he was probably well. Yeah. That. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And I think that would prove to be somewhat of a problem or task for Alexander Usyk, who isn't the largest of heavyweights. He's a big guy, of course, but he's going to be yeah. in that probably 220, 225 range and dealing with someone who's closer to the 300-pound range. I think that's going to be a tough task for him. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, Usyk is more like you know, the heavyweights of the 90s used to be like, yeah. Six three two twenty something like that, two twenty five maybe I don't know. So yeah, I mean Fury. He said that he fights best actually when he's so heavy, when he is really heavy. And I, maybe yeah, that has some logic if you think about it because he's such a huge guy. So he's not gonna win, you know, by boxing and moving. Uh, usually he wins by you know just overpowering you and uh, just uh, wearing you out so 
Oh, that's so that works well for him. So that on that basis, it's better to be as heavy as as you can be, yeah. as it's reasonable yeah. to be if you're gonna win like that, you know. By indeed, indeed, I would say that is definitely the case. And you know, I was a little bit disappointed in White from an overall performance standpoint because he's been clamoring for this title shot for so long. And he uh, probably rightfully should have had it earlier, but I felt that you couple his sort of uh, approach towards the promotion of the fight, then his sort of what some would consider smug attitude towards uh, everything associated with the fight, and then his lackadaisical approach in some of those rounds, then it's like I expected white to show a bit more to be more aggressive to really put it all on the line with this opportunity and chance and show that hey these guys have been avoiding me but i did at, at probably closer towards where the knockout happened i could see that he started to get a little bit relaxed and lackadaisical lackadaisical yeah. on defense in a similar fashion to when he fought uh Povetkin and Lo and behold, a similar type of punch is the thing that took him out once again. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's pretty vulnerable to that kind of punch. But, uh, you know, his problem is that he's so slow. You know? he's uh, So he very often, because of that, he takes the full force of that punch, you know. Had he been a little more like on the... <laughs> on the way to avoiding the punch anyway, halfway, then he would have only yeah, been hit like well, with half the force, of course. So, but I think anyone who's really like elite level, like Povetkin was, and uh, who can punch, they usually knock, uh, end up knocking him out, like Joshua also did. And yeah, and oh, when, yeah. He, when he fought Parker. You know, Parker wasn't yet fully uh, developed, maybe as a fighter, or I don't know. He simply didn't have the best night either. So that was, uh, I still think that should have been a draw, actually, a fight. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. 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 You, you know, when I know we've talked about this uh, in the past, and Parker is one of those guys, seems like a very good guy. And sometimes he's let his, uh, I think personality kind of show and form while he's in the fights that he's had opportunities to really hone in on a guy and take them out. And it seems like he's let up a bit, but yeah. I think we're both in agreement that this version of him here under Andy Lee has looked a lot better offensively than he's looked in the past. So I think that he would make for a bit more intriguing fights when it comes to taking on some of the top guys here moving forward. And he was yeah. there, he was there last night. So, It'll be interesting to see um, what the next play is for him as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so because yeah, he's such a nice guy. So, so like we said against, we saw against Chisora in the second fight. He was, I thought he could have uh, ended that fight in the ninth round or the tenth, and we, but he kind of didn't want to. He, he you could see that he kind of lo- let Chisora off the hook there. You know? And he had him against the ropes and hurt and all yeah. that, you know. So, yeah, yeah. That, that definitely was the case there. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that he will now kind of uh, just uh, 
have a have a better career simply because uh, he is a really big kind of big talent you know when you think about it when you see him uh, fight you it's obvious that he is above average talent yeah. and uh, yeah yeah cool cool so let's so thinking about that before we touch on sort of what's next for Tyson Fury thinking about Dillian White what's next for him you well, know because uh, it, this was a big opportunity yeah. for him and of course his biggest payday and I would say that it didn't live up to the hype at least uh, as far as uh, what we expected from him so what do you think those next steps are for him for White well <laughs> unless he should retire <laughs> uh, he should just uh, go back like they say to the drawing board and uh you know, fight not so, not try so hard to get another big fight, but rather uh, fight someone who uh, you know, who he, he knows that he can beat and uh, who is not such a dangerous puncher, maybe. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know really. It's kind of hard to say because I, I don't think he, he has. Uh, much more to give to be a little brutal he, yeah i think this fight kind of showed cemented that you know that and there is a reason he was knocked out by Povetkin. <laughs> it wasn't just bad luck it was that he has serious defensive issues you know yes and yeah. uh, that cannot be amended so easily especially not in his age 34 you know it's very hard and when you are like that very big, strong, slow guy, like bear-like guy, you know, <laughs> so it's kind of hard, you know, to be really good at avoiding punches and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I tend to uh, side with you there. I think that, of course, he could stick, stick around, but um, it's a matter of what would be the best fights for him, and yeah. at this particular stage, uh, he likely won't be able to get back to that title shot uh, because I think that the the role will be a bit tougher even at this point than probably it has been. It'll be tougher as far as uh, who he had to go through to get back there by comparison. Yeah. He would have gotten it uh, a few years back and being kind of worked his way back in the mix. But we have a lot of more of these uh, younger guys that are uh, cropping up as well or these sort of less experienced on that major stage who are going to of course, have that opportunity and be able to yeah. uh, be able to uh, really. Uh, well, I think will win where? <laughs> yes, uh, key uh, or Kai. Who do? You, so, who are you uh, referencing? Who would win between who? Because the fight, uh, <laughs> Dillian White Fury fight was already. We know who won that one. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and um, well, yeah, and, and I think that um, yeah, this this kind of uh showed that that Tyson Fury is a level above right now as well. So uh, I I don't know I don't know who is out there right at this yeah. very moment that could beat him. At yeah, I mean, yeah, I was about to say it was really wrong. I mean, to of white to choose to fight Fury. I mean. That's uh really was a non-winnable fight totally for him. Maybe even Joshua would have been uh, maybe he would have 
a bigger shot, I think, to beat win against Joshua yeah. than Fury because you know it's both that that Fury is so big, so so tall, and that he's uh, really riding on a way of invincibility to put it that way. Uh, yeah. Okay, good to go. Do you hear me a little bit differently? I noticed that I didn't have my mic hooked up. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear okay, you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I had to hook up my mic. Uh, I wasn't sure. Right. And I didn't want to get any uh, uh, background feedback. But, but yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that uh, you make some great points there. Now, thinking about Fury, of course, um, the obvious fight that would be next for him, assuming his retirement isn't uh, – permanent which in all likelihood it's not because uh we know as we know boxer boxers probably retire more than any athletes uh, (laughs) so assuming it's not a permanent retirement for him uh we have of course the obvious Usyk versus Joshua winner but also uh interestingly enough uh Francis Ngano was there in attendance and in the ring so I know they're trying to make this hybrid Tyson Fury versus Ngano sort of boxing slash UFC mix. I heard them mentioning something about fighting in the UFC gloves, which are, I guess, four or five ounces, somewhere around there. But I assume it would be sort of a boxing (laughs) match or maybe something like when Pulev fought Frank Mir on one of those trillery events a while back. (laughs) So uh, what are your thoughts on those potential (laughs) matchups? Well, if it's uh, like if it's a more of an MMA fight, then uh, I don't know how well Fury can do it there. But if it's more of a boxing match, then uh, of course Fury wins that one for sure. I mean, I yeah. know Nagano. I mean, I haven't really watched him fight much, but they say he's got a lot of power and all that. Yeah, uh, strong guy. But he's yeah. also kind of uh, a lot shorter than Fury. Also, he's six four, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he is. Like white, yeah. Yeah, you know, he looked uh, he looked bigger next to him than I thought he would look um, when I saw him in the ring there in the yeah, aftermath. He's like very, yeah, very. Yeah, strong, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's very solidly built, but yeah, he would definitely be giving up the height and I believe reach advantage yeah. as well. And I'm with you. I think that regardless of the glove, if you if it's not a fight where you can take him down or anything of that nature, then Fury, you know, he's still going to be just as, uh, excuse me, deadly offensively against uh, Ngano, regardless of the glove size. That doesn't change the skill set. And I know Ngano has been working with some boxing trainers. Dewey, uh, I forget his last name. I want to say Cooper. but They say also that these MMA fighters usually they are not so good at uh, their chins don't really hold up like in the boxers chins you know and uh, they usually when they get hit with a really big one they just you know that's it they fall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah and and, um, and I think that's there's a potential for that to happen of course it's best bet Ngano is going to be Storming out there and just giving everything he has right there in those first uh, few seconds yeah. or that first minute or two, because I think if it's the long game, of course, uh, then he will essentially be uh, chopped down by Fury, who who has dealt with 
pretty much uh, the best heavyweights that are out there at this particular point in the sport of boxing. And I, I think it would prove to be no, not much of a more, not much more of a challenge for him to take out someone like Ngano, who yeah. we haven't seen actually take sustained shots in a similar fashion to what it would be if he were boxing someone as opposed to the NBA. yeah, like he's a very tough guy. They say I don't let him. I mean, he's been through a lot before he became an MMA fighter, so. Yes. But still, you know, it's another thing to to be tough in that octagon and uh, then, you know, taking punches from someone like Fury. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he de- definitely has an interesting story. And I think it would make for uh, I think it would make for great um, discussions and it'll make for a great buildup. Yeah. I think that they would have fun and or Tyson Fury for sure would uh, definitely give us all of his character uh, if uh, this were to be made and they do some sort of promotional event in a similar fashion to how they did with uh, McGregor yeah. and um, Mayweather. Mayweather uh, yeah. Promotionally, and they only did like four stops, I believe, but they maximized yeah. the value of those stops and really garnered a lot of interest. And they sold a lot of pay-per-views, which I think uh, would be, the same case here, uh, because Fury has shown that hey, he has that buying power, uh, and 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 I'm I'm all for it. And uh, shout out yeah. to uh, Scrapbook Boxing, thanks for uh, joining. Appreciate you uh, checking in. So Scrapbook Boxing, he's a historian who has a wealth of knowledge. He knows so much stuff that it, that it's crazy, you know. Nice. Uh, so I often check out his stuff. He's definitely worth to follow, and you'll get to learn some things uh, if you do do that. So. So yeah. shout out scrapbook boxing for sure. Um but yeah, yeah. I so yeah, the uh Engano uh versus uh Fury that could be next, but it's in all likelihood it may be uh Joshua or Usyk. So what yeah. are your thoughts on this coming rematch between Usyk and Joshua to kind of see who wins all the marbles, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talk about it. I, I don't remember where what program, but and I kind of agree that uh, Joshua did not do anything to really impose himself physically in the first fight, so that's what he will have to do in the, in the, in the second fight, uh, because otherwise it's just going to be a a repeat of the first fight, I think. And, yeah. Because uh, he tried to <laughs> box with Usyk. That, that's just kind of, you know, arrogant almost. To think yeah. that he can box with him, <laughs> to outbox him. You know, and, yeah, it, it'll uh, certainly be an interesting test in contrast to uh, previous, uh, to to the previous loss for Joshua. If yeah. you think about how he went about... Um, his return bout yeah. Ruiz after being knocked out, he focused more on the boxing. In this case, yeah. in the That's return the bout, yeah. focusing more on the boxing, I don't think it's going to benefit him as much against someone like Usyk, who is likely going to be better and use some of these mm. tactics and things that got him the victory the first time. So, therefore, I think that yeah. he's going to have to be more aggressive than we've probably seen him in the past, uh, or at least yeah. – a level of aggression prior to him being uh, clipped and knocked down by Andrew Ruiz because he was going for it at that particular point. Yeah. It seems like since that uh, shot that he is not the same 
aggressive yeah. fighter. He's not willing to take those same risks as he used to. Used to. The shot that shocked the world. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. And he will have to just attack and push uh, Usyk uh, all the time. And uh, because, you know, when he, what, uh, I mean, Briedis pretty much did that, you know. And then Usyk was kind of struggling in that fight. And, uh, yeah. Because yeah. if you try to, like, just counter and do that stuff, well, maybe that can do, but uh, still, I think uh, the more Joshua throws, obviously, it's better for him. Because in the first fight, he really wasn't throwing much, as you know. And, you know. Yeah. And, uh, when, when he did throw, he did kind of catch Usyk a couple of times. But it wasn't enough, of course. Nowhere near. <laughs> that man yeah. has like cast iron chin. You know? so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You are correct there. Shout out Ranger Danger, Ranger Danger on YouTube. All of the excitement of hunting and all of the outdoor stuff. Be sure to follow Ranger Danger. Thank you for joining yes. up. Appreciate it, one hundred percent. But yeah, I, I'm in agreement right there. He did have some successful moments. I thought uh, Joshua. There in the tail end of the fight, or, or the middle rounds, close to, middle rounds up to probably about eleven, I thought he was getting the better of Usyk in some of the exchanges with some of the work that he was doing. Though it ultimately wasn't enough, uh, I do mm-hmm. think that you know he showed that he can land on Usyk to a certain degree, and Usyk did have some marks on his face, but not to the degree that Joshua yeah. suffered. So. Yeah, it's gonna be it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I think that Anthony Joshua, from what you see with him on social media, I think he's going to have to reach deep down into and get to one of those places that uh, he probably hasn't uh, gone thus far. But we'll see. You know, we'll see yeah. if he's able to uh, pull a rabbit out the hat, so to say. Uh, so to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a big question mark. You know, if uh, Joshua really can beat Usyk. Uh, but that's going to be answered, of course, soon enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're right. It is going to be answered. So, yeah, we won't have to wait too long. So, yeah. And it is exciting about the prospect of once that fight is over. And I think this may be the thing that kind of drives uh, Tyson Fury to take the take this fight with the winner is we'll have the potential for an undisputed heavyweight champion, which would be the first time since... Hi, how can I help you today? As a McDonald's employee, you say those words quite often. But how about when you need help, like consulting a doctor? Hi, how can I help you today? When you work for a McDonald's restaurant, we take care of you like family. With free virtual doctor's visits, including getting prescriptions and refills for you and everyone in your family. Apply today at careers.mcdonalds.com and find out more. The benefits described herein are only available at participating restaurants. Is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average, so you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation or a new kitchen or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for Lennox Lewis, is it, or was Lennox yeah. ever? He was undisputed, right? Yeah, he was for a short while. Yeah, short period. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
because when uh Vladimir had the majority of the belts, uh Vitaly had like one belt. Yeah, so it never that was quite easy. Okay. Only the, the best one to put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the prospect of Fury becoming the undisputed champion and just given how he talks and uh and how he has uh how he has sort of gone about his career, I don't see him turning down that opportunity from a legacy standpoint to become the undisputed uh, heavyweight champion because he seems to be big on that legacy piece of it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. All right. Hey, welcome, Xavier, the boxing nerd. Thanks for uh, checking in. It's getting outdated to not have an undisputed heavyweight champion. Uh, Yeah, there hasn't been a single. Yeah, yeah, hey, definitely an agreement there. That's true, yeah. Even when Fury won, of course, first against Klitschko, that was uh, still not the WBC. The title was not online, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, because I don't know who, who held it, but... <laughs> yeah. Matter, yeah, I don't recall at that time. It was I like Barmin's Tyrone, something like that. I think he like. Okay. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> yeah, it might have been because Wilder yeah. ended up getting it at some point, and he had it for yeah. a, a long, a decent period of time. You know, by comparison to some others who've had a championship. So, yeah, I think you're uh, right there. That is uh, interesting. Um, I, I do think that yeah, we're long overdue for an undisputed champion. We're getting it at some of the smaller weights. We don't get it often enough in boxing in general, which is unfortunate in some sense, but. Certainly uh, the heavyweight, which has been the uh, marquee division. And I think that seeing sort of Tyson Fury's buying power, I think it shows that it still is the marquee division and uh, it's definitely long overdue. So I'm certainly in agreement there. Yeah, I mean, most people will still want to see the big guys <laughs> duke it out. That's how it always been, you know, the biggest excitement watching those Big heavy guys just trade blows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Now the uh undercard of this uh event was somewhat underwhelming. Uh definitely the co main event. I didn't think it was the actual co main event, uh, but yeah. it definitely was not uh one that will oh, be remembered in that capacity. The welterweight fight, you mean? Yes, yes. Yes, that guy. Yeah, what's his name? Eku, no, Esuman. Esuman, yeah. Esuman. Yeah, it was a boring fight, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what I really enjoyed the most, yeah, was a Nick Bull versus Isaac Law. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. That was uh, definitely uh, the fight that delivered besides the uh, main one. Yeah, it got stopped too soon. That was a shame because of that cut, you know. Yeah, yeah. there was definitely a situation. The referee had a moment there because right before it was stopped, I think that Ball essentially threw uh, the other fighter uh, low into the ropes. and, And the referee looked as though he was about to step in there to kind of say, hey, uh, break or whatever, and no, oh, yeah. you can't do this or warn him or something. But then you let him uh, take a couple of shots there, and the corner threw oh, in the yeah. towel as well. It was just an awkward situation, and I think uh, a lot of the fault lies on the referee for hesitating in that moment when uh, he was thrown to the ropes. I think I don't know where I was for a second. I missed that very ending, so I didn't really know what okay. happened. I thought it was just because of the cut they stopped, but. 
No, was, that, yeah. that, that, you know, the cut was uh, definitely bleeding heavily. Uh, I was yeah. saying it was certainly bleeding heavily. Because they have kind of clashed heads or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty, uh, pretty solid, nasty uh, head clash. And uh, yeah. that definitely was a factor in terms of uh, Lowe's game and him bleeding it. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it was uh, a bother for him. But yeah, he was that, brave, he, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Ball, hey, I gotta give him props. Yeah. He, uh, hey, he seized the moment, and he, yeah. he fought. He, more, he was a more aggressive fighter. He was a shorter fighter. He was a more aggressive fighter, and he was really uh, dialing in, uh, catching mm. uh, Low with some uh, pretty solid shots. And yeah, I think yeah. that Low, he had some moments where he was connecting with uh, Ball, but it wasn't really anything that hurt him. So, yeah, uh, that kind of factored in as well. Yeah, well, I mean, Lowe had like, I believe, six knockouts of 21 wins, something like that. So oh, okay. So, yeah, that probably explains it. He wasn't able yeah. to hurt Ball with anything. Yeah, well, I think Ball is like, uh, now he's maybe 18-0 with maybe, I don't know, 12 knockouts or something. So he's got you know, a better yeah. knockout percentage, obviously. But I like, you know, those kind of fighters – well, small, fast, they they can yeah. hit. He, he can hit. Very exciting to watch and very yeah. very effective on the offensive. You know, on the, I'd agree. I say he took advantage of the stage that he was on. Which sometimes yeah. some fighters squander that away, but I left from that thinking I would definitely want to see him again because yeah. he's, he's an aggressive fighter, and uh, it looks like that he. He guns for that knockout opportunity if it's there, uh, you know, protect yourself at all times, as they say. So when he yeah. when he, when he started to tee in on low, low should have uh, protected himself. But, you know, yeah. you never know when uh, some, <laughs> some little mind lapses happen. He kind of reminds me of uh, Michael Collin, uh, Nick Ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but like kind of short and uh, very good at timing also their punches and, you know, Country, you know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Conway has uh, definitely a good one uh, and a hell of a fight he was in there uh, last yeah. time around. Uh, I don't know if we had even talked about that fight, but it was a hell of a fight and yeah. entertaining throughout. <laughs> that was kind of really pretty sad ending, I think, because Conway was, uh, well, he was better for most of the fight anyway, I thought. But you yeah. know, Wood, Wood had his, of course, moments and he won in you know, France too, and but I still think Colin was ahead you know, at the time when he was he was put through the ropes, so that was very. I agree. Good. Yeah, very I, good. I, I, I certainly agree with you there. I you know I like Conlon. Uh, he had a lot of hype behind him. I wanted to see more, and I think he showed more. I think the way that he took out uh, for me T.J. Doheny was definitely uh, yeah. a plus because I like Doheny. I think he's a tough, uh, scrappy veteran, and Conlon gave it to him and uh, after seeing that performance i was like hey you know what this kid is the real deal and i thought he was winning the uh, fight with laywood as well and it's uh unfortunate uh he went out like he did but it made for exciting drama and i'm glad he turned yeah. out to be okay so maybe a rematch is in order and i think it will likely be just as exciting yeah the problem was that uh wood is uh, just uh bigger you know naturally bigger stronger guy so I think if he wasn't, he would would have probably been stopped like by the round, by the sixth round probably already, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> because in the first two, he was really in deep water. You know, he was down and 
the end of the first, and in the beginning of the second, he was jumped and hit with it. Yeah, yeah, he showed massive metal getting up from that uh, knockdown. Yeah. It looked like he was uh, out for sure. Yeah, it did. It was, I thought, wow, this was it. Like, yeah. Okay. So cool. Xavier the Boxing Nerd, for a guy whose nickname is the Body Snatcher, Riley uh, White really did not commit to the body punching. Yeah, I think he had some opportunities, and he he did do some uh, punching to the body, and I think that yeah. was those were probably his most successful punching or, or punches that actually uh, landed. But yeah, I think the sort of sloppiness in his approach kind of uh, backfired on him, and with yeah. him swinging for the head, he was missing widely, and you could see it coming a mile away. Uh, just just based on his form, he was just swinging wildly. But I think if he would have honed in on that body more, that would have made it uh, very much more interesting for him. But I did think yeah. he, I did think he landed some uh, pretty decent body shots, uh, just not enough. Yeah, as I said, he did have some clean body shots, but yeah, he was otherwise too busy wrestling <laughs> down yeah. Fury, and yeah. Yeah, and I thought the referee did a good job. I was wondering how he was going to handle it there early on when they started to get very, very chippy uh, yeah. to the point where I thought that, hey, someone is going to get thrown out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought the referee, for the stage that it was, I thought he did a good job of uh, kind of getting them both calmed yeah. down and uh, and and that allowed for the fight to uh, finish in the way that it did. Uh, so yeah, him for that. yeah. Yeah, we certainly didn't need any of that happen. Happen like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, yeah, a lot of uh, nasty uh, like like you know, like for instance, uh, John Reese versus Kirk Johnson, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. You know, where a lot of body blows, wrestling, all that headbutting. You know. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Low blows, I mean, low blows. <laughs> I don't watch that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, Ruiz. Yeah. He was a solid boxer, but yeah, I don't think I watched that one, actually. But yeah. I take your word for it. Yeah, it was like <laughs> uh, where Johnson got disqualified, like, after so many low blows. <laughs> uh, okay. But okay. both guys were really fighting dirty. Also, I mean, also Ruiz was fighting dirty there, yeah. The quiet but man. He, he was the, the champion, you know, so, so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 he did have that title. Um, yeah. I forget which one it was, but, yeah, he was a champion. I interviewed yeah. him once. Uh, he, he was uh, nice, uh, good to speak with, you know. He's out of uh, the Massachusetts area, I want to say Brockton, right. which has yeah. uh, produced a lot of uh, great fighters, if you look at it in terms of the upper echelon of the sport, Marvin Hagler, um Rocky Marciano. Yeah. There are some others as well uh, who uh, have come out of there. I want to say, um, for Mancini, maybe. Well, he's out of Ohio, Youngston. All right. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about, but Winnie Pacienza is from uh, from Rhode Island. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Pacienza, the pass. That's nearby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, It is. I know that. Arthur McCanty, uh it was from right. there, and he had some people in his family who fought. I uh, can't remember the name, but it dates back to back in the day. And of course, uh, mm. his, his son now is that referee McCanty Jr., who's usually in New York stuff and very, uh, very intriguing official. Who's usually yeah. sort of in the mix, as you can say. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, that is a pretty good area uh, for producing yeah. some stuff. So. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember if anyone. But those guys really were the biggest uh, stars. Uh, Hagler and Marciano. Yeah, Marciano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were uh, yeah probably the top two to come out come out of jail. Yeah. Sam Langford. Above all that, Sam Langford. Indeed, Sam Langford. Underrated. He was from Canada or something. <laughs> yes, yes. He's from Canada. And I know he fought a lot out of uh, Massachusetts when he was here all in right. the States. Um but yeah, he was a hell of a fighter. Uh, he's often not mentioned much, and he should be mentioned more. I well, think yeah, uh, his nickname was Boston Tar Baby or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, well, yeah. some call him the Boston Bone Crusher. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he kind of made his state or name oh, there in, the, in that <laughs> particular area. But he certainly should be mentioned more. I think uh, it's unfortunate, of course. Yeah. Him not getting that, if he would have gotten that shot at the world heavyweight title, which he likely would have won at any stage, um, then I think that he would be mentioned even more than what he, he is now. He was not really a heavyweight, was he? Like, yeah, you know, he started from the lower weights and he scaled yeah. all the way up to there. He wasn't a huge guy, he's about five no. seven. Um, yeah, but he, he probably weighed like something like 180 or something. Not yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, in all likelihood, yeah, probably somewhere around there. Um, there are a few it's videos like of him out there. <laughs> yeah, he's got some. He's had a big punch. He had a huge punch, as a matter yeah. of fact. And he was fighting bigger guys, so I think uh, just given his experience and having fought from all those weights and being able to the first to truly carry his power up the weights in that fashion, yeah, he was a hell of a fighter. Um, and and yeah. I think that as mentioned, he should be mentioned more. He's buried in Cambridge, also. He's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. All right. Um, yes. Yeah, so he learned his craft out there. Okay, good to go. Yeah, and you know he had you know more fights that I know that are listed on his record. He's, who knows? He probably yeah. had five hundred or more fights in all yeah. that Those guys they fought like once every like two three days back then. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane thinking about it now. With because yeah. guys, you know, you're lucky if you see guys fight twice a year. These yeah. days, let alone uh, twice in a week. Yeah, I know it's really crazy to think about. <laughs> you have yeah. a, a guy defending his title, a champion, like three times a month or something. That was amazing. Yeah, that is that is uh, <laughs> insane. And they had yeah. a harder path to get to that title uh, because, of course, it was only one. You, you know, you didn't have these options of going to get one of the uh, alphabet titles, you only had one chance, and that was if you were to get a shot at one, at the champion at the time, uh, the yeah. heavyweight champion, which was you had to go through a gauntlet of other fighters to get there, you know, and it was the sport was bigger, more were competing at that particular time. And, yeah, it's just uh, interesting times. Of course, I like looking back on the historic stuff. And, uh, and, yeah. and yeah, those guys were built a little bit different. And it's it, that's why it's hard to make the uh, – comparison sometimes in uh fantasy fights especially yeah. when those for individuals who tend to just automatically assume that the modern fighter would defeat the older fighter just by virtue of the same uh same sort of stance that goes about like hey we're more nutrition athletes are bigger stronger better uh, i think that to a certain degree that is the case but um i think you have to look at it from the parallels of where they were at that particular time. Like if someone was great back then, they would the be hunger. just as great. 
the hunger was greater, you know, back then. Uh, these guys, they get too much, you know, too much money. They get too much everything. <laughs> they get yeah. spoiled, you know, so so fast. And yeah. uh, especially after they become champions also. Yes, yes, so definitely. It's like, Thank oh, no, I'm not fighting unless I get, like, five million or something. <laughs> Three million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Think yeah. of guys, not to just single them out, but think of guys like yeah, Danny Garcia, who was really grinding it out. But once he became champion, then you know he was more so. He's like, I would say, yeah. in his early days as champion, uh, his earlier fights, yeah, he still you know offered a little something. But then there at that tail end, it seems that uh, Danny wasn't as concerned about uh, like the, yeah. the the legacy stuff or, or whatever. I think he kind of took some of those uh, ladder fights just because those are really the only big payday options out there for him. But yeah, yeah. you tend to get some of that with these guys uh, yeah, today. I mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it really kind of destroys you as a fighter because when you start looking at the money, only the main mo motivation to keep fighting, you know, it's not really going to make you any better as a fighter. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, those guys, you know, wanted to get paid back then. It was a living for them. And, uh, but they were sort of grinding and going through the gauntlet a bit more than what, uh, you see today. It's just different times. Uh, Xavier the Boxing mm -hmm. Nerd and Langford traveled on a steamboat for a month to go to Australia. Yes, like stuff like that, you have to certainly factor in. Mm -hmm. Today, you can, uh, take a flight to get there, but imagine traveling on a steamboat to, uh, get wow. to, a faraway country or, or yes, continent really. Um, so yeah, get to a faraway mm -hmm. continent uh, to mm -hmm. try and fight. And I know a lot of times when they got out there to these locations, they would just commit to a number of fights. Like, hey, since I'm in the area, I want to take on all of the top guys who are here in this particular spot. You know? Yeah. So he fought in Australia also. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. That he did. feels really far out. <laughs> Yeah, I know that there was a. Uh, I, I don't. I, I can't recall if it was actually in Australia, but I know that, you know, that's where uh, Jack Johnson had traveled in order to defeat Tommy Burns and oh, yeah. to get the fight out there. But um, there may be a, may have been a potential in that particular instance for Langford to fight Johnson in order to get that title shot. And they had fought, you know, once, but Langford was at a smaller weight uh and this yeah. was really uh you know when he was first starting out or he was he, yeah, i can't remember his first starting out but he was he was he hadn't uh really been competing at heavyweight like that and he was uh smaller than johnson weight wise at that particular time but yeah there was supposed to be some deal in place for langford to fight oh. jack johnson but jack johnson didn't allow for it to happen he kind of just yeah. shied away from it because he knew that yeah that would be a tough task and he likely wouldn't have had that built for long if it wasn't if he actually fought the likes of Langford uh like Sam McVeigh and Joe Jeanette while you know he had yeah. the actual belt so, so yeah, that benefited him Johnson hardly fought any black fighters I mean uh after he became the champion yeah but even before that, I think he maybe have fought, well, a few only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sydney, Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been made for a definitely interesting tweak to history 
Um, yeah. Let's see. In contrast, Haney is going to sit in a chair in the sky for half a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Devin, yeah Haney, but... Devin Haney, George Combosos. That should be a pretty interesting fight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really show us uh, how good those two, I mean, both guys are, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I commend uh, Haney for taking the fight or stepping yeah. up. According to Haney, uh, Combosos was forced into the fight. Who knows? Uh, I think Combosos has shown that, hey, he'll, he'll fight anyone uh, from what I can see. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, hey, you know, I've counted Combosos out on uh, a couple of different occasions, and uh, I definitely yeah. can't do that anymore. He's shown. And that, I uh, know which occasions those were against <laughs> Selby and uh, Delfino, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm done doing that when it comes to uh, Combosos. And this is going to be in Australia. So Haney is going to have to really show that, hey, he has arrived. And I, and yeah. I, I think he had a great win with the win over uh, – uh, Jojo Diaz. So, for all yeah. intents and purposes, uh, yeah, Haney is very much a live dog in this fight, and it's an interesting style class. So, uh, he's a fearless guy. You know, he's pretty much like Michael Cassidis, only with a better chin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Cassidis. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed watching Cassidis. Uh, really, you know, kind of a. Uh, uh, batten down the hatches, uh, put your feet in the ground and slug it yeah. out type of guy, which uh, made for exciting contests for him. Yep, he certainly did. <laughs> of course, those guys often don't have very long careers due to the yeah. wars that they're in, but for when they're on top of their game, man, they make for some exciting stuff. No doubt. Really. He and he could punch too. I mean, he was really yeah. hard here, you know. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Xavier, the boxing nerd, Johnson and Lankford was scheduled to fight in France around 1914, but Jack got on a boat. <laughs> yeah, <cute>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did read about that. Yeah, Johnson avoided it at all costs. Uh, uh, and I know he used the excuse of uh, there not being uh, enough interest and in, in money in him fighting uh, some of the other black heavyweights that are out there. But that being said, he sort of backed out on a commitment that he did have. And, and it's unfortunate. Mm. True. Yeah, that's. I think they fought once. I think I read, and Johnson won on points, and that's all. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I mentioned. Yeah, Lankford was uh, Johnson was heavier than Lankford in that fight. Yeah, so right. The, the version of Lankford when he had filled out a bit more at heavyweight, then I think yeah. that would have. Uh, that's the one properly. Johnson was running from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, a lot of guys didn't want to face uh, Langford like that. That's why he had to fight some of the other uh, top yeah. uh, black heavyweights at that time, multiple times. Miter Span, welcome Miter Span. We're going to have to get you to join in on this. Uh, Spider-Man. Let us know. <laughs> like Spider-Man Spider in reverse, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uppercut was so swift. Uh, we'll be back for yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, we do agree that uh, this might not be the last uh, the last fight for Fury, as he suggested. And uh, he has two potential huge paydays coming up in terms of the winner of Joshua Usyk, as well as this mystery Francis Ngannou fight, and whether that is going to actually happen. Uh, 
And, you know, of course, we'll see. I'm not sure about the contract situation with uh, Ngano. I know that, you know, he had some quarrels or whatever with the UFC over something, maybe his exposure and him being able to fight more. But uh, it should be interesting uh, if that actually happens as well. So two potential huge fights for not only just uh, 2020, but maybe something leading into 2023. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be worth watching anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winkford would have won most definitely. Sam McVay, too. Yeah, he beat them before when they were young. And yeah, yeah, I agree that they did get a, they did get a lot better uh, based yeah. on when he fought them compared to at the point when he had the actual uh, title. Uh, so, yeah, that would have made for an interesting uh, matchup for both of those, at least. Sam McVay, yeah, Sam McVay, he was a beast out there. It's crazy that we have, uh, while limited, but we do have some footage of uh, some of these guys. And, and it's cool to kind of look back and see... Uh, is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average. So you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation or a new kitchen or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for the future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. See what how they competed and what it was like back then, and if you really look at it, you're talking about stuff that has uh, stood yeah, the test of time for a hundred plus years. So, in this digital yeah. age, it's been great to uh, get the opportunity to uh, see this type of stuff. I mean, none of them were really big, especially for heavyweights. Yeah, I mean, uh, you had this guy who was uh, what was his name? Bearcat, right? He was like a really oh, yeah. big guy, but he's not. He wasn't that good, I think. I, he was kind of decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of his name. Yeah, he was someone that was in contention there uh, or one of the fighters that was kind of out there back then. Yeah, you had a lot of guys who were kind of in and around that or, or a lot of guys in and around that time frame who were solid. They had to really face each other, and that, that made for a tough yeah. matchup. So some of them had you, – you would see a number of losses on their record because – Harry Wills, he was kind of tallish, 6'2". <laughs> okay. Also one of those uh, that never got to fight for a world title. But Who like, was that? Harry Wills. Oh, yeah, Harry Wills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was another one who had an impressive run, and he was in there with the uh, top black fighters. Um, but, yeah, he was slated, supposedly, to face uh, Jack Dempsey at one point. Yeah. Apparently, they were... I've heard, I've heard yeah. different stories, um, but the one that is widely shared, I would say, is that everything was pretty much signed, sealed, and ready to be delivered, but there was something, an issue with the funding or something of that oh, nature. Yeah. 
but I don't know the true validity of that. Um, it could have very well be. Uh, it could very well be the case. Um, yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it would have been a good fight though. Uh, Johnson versus Willis, uh, a memorable one, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, Xavier the boxing there. While it does suck that Johnson of other top black fighters as champion, I'm still blown away by the fact that his last fight was mm-hmm. the second round KO avenging a loss to Brad Simmons. At oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is pretty crazy thinking about that. Yeah, you know, and um, that is that is funny. I know that uh, there was some uh, yeah, back then yeah, you had a lot of guys who were who were fighting some of those uh older or fight at some of those older ages or whatever uh in that capacity um because i i remember seeing the likes of jim mason him fighting even well beyond you know his formidable years but that being said i know some of them were treated as uh more exhibitions even though listed as uh official fights but um but yeah interesting stuff from that particular uh yeah. particular time Okay, Simon's into the blind Sam Langford's career. Yeah, that's pretty uh crazy. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah, there at that tail end, Langford was yeah, kind of barely able to see or maybe not me that able that's to see sad, really at yeah. all. Yeah, that, that happened to a lot of those guys from that yeah. time. And he was yeah. one of those that fought in so many fights that you could see that yeah, that would likely end up being the case. And who mm-hmm. knows that how long it was while he was fighting with the impaired vision, I'd imagine, for a long period. Because there were a few countries, you know, when they those guys were not allowed to fight in the United States, they would go somewhere like, I don't know, very far away where they could fight, you know, because the rules and, and everything was so like, uh, you know, lax or how you call it, very... Yeah. There was no real uh, organiz- <laughs> organization you know, yeah. in those countries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, France that uh, you had, I want to say it was Sam McVeigh and Joe Jeanette. They fought in some crazy 40-plus yeah. round fight where they're both nearly half dead at the end uh, wow. <laughs> until one person had no choice but to uh, retire. I think it was McVeigh who uh, the corner stopped it, like, hey, we have to stop it at this particular point. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty yeah. crazy some of the stuff that they would go through. Minor yes. spin, you know of John Perry, Jack Johnson before Jack Johnson, very confident dandy and heavyweight champion of Australia in the mid 1800s. The first recognized, no, I don't know of John Perry. That's someone I have to look into. Me neither. John Perry, so I take it this was uh more in the ba- bare knuckle, uh, very type. long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, mid, yeah, mid, mid 1800s. Well, yeah, that's pretty uh crazy. Hmm. I know when young Griffo he fought like in late 1800s, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to definitely look him up. Uh, my good point there. Hey, yeah, that boxing has such a deep history. It's always amazing the uh, the fighters yeah. that tend to still find out about who are fresh and new to you at any particular stage of you following the sport. You know, it's interesting thing. Jimmy Robinson fought with one eye and lost only once against steep competition in the 1800s. Also, James Warden, the Moroccan prince, was undefeated in all his fights that sometimes went, wow, amazing. 200 rounds. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I know that, um, I take it, uh, this might have been sort of bare knuckle 
or London prize ring rules. I take it those. I know then, you know, with that, with those uh, fighting rules, you, you know, a round would end if someone like hit the deck or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, they would get that rest or whatever, like 30 seconds or something like that. And uh, then they had to go back in there. So some of those were long drawn out fights. Some of these guys were end up fighting in. But yeah, hey, another person, Jimmy Robinson. Hey, Miter, you, you're going to have to come on here one day and, and put us on game with some of these uh, fighters from the mid 1800s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> beyond that, I know about some of the, of course, big names uh, who they mentioned, uh, like Tom Malinu, Tom Cribb, and Bill Richmond, uh, the, what is the Latin guy? Um, Mendoza, yeah, it's pretty much the uh, big names that are generally mentioned uh, often, but that is uh, pretty stuff. Uh, Xavier DeBotton, I love the video, Langford having his visions. Oh, yeah, 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 that is a cool little gem that is out there. You get to see Sam Langford in his later age, and uh, you actually get to hear his voice uh, uh, to a certain degree. It's very short, but uh, yeah, he's able to see. He had a rough time. See that. See a lot of those guys. Uh, they were fighting for scraps uh, in that particular period. That's why they had to fight so often. So he yeah. had a rough time there at the tail end of his career. I, I, if I recall correctly, I think at one point he was basically living in the basement of a place or whatever, and, and yeah. really didn't have much. And did some some individuals might have been some fighters organized some kind of little charity thing for him or whatever and he was able to live a bit more comfortably there at the tail end before passing away or whatever but yeah it's pretty crazy that that would be the state of such of a prominent fighter from that period and it goes to show some of show how uh some of these promoters and this is still i guess the case in boxing as we know it today you know yeah they really don't once you're sort of beyond that point of uh, use, I guess you can say, then you're kind of just left out there to hang and it's going to come down to what you were able to do or save during your career. And you're already at some, at sometimes not getting fair wage. So I know it's pretty tough sledding for a lot of these guys at that particular time. Yeah, that's right. 49 rounds. So yeah, so it was 49 rounds, Jeanette and Sam McVeigh. Yeah, that's the one where hey, they they were basically beating the hell out of each other, <laughs> uh, and and they were uh, to left to the uh, br- on the brink of just not being able to even function out as, as I understand it. So um, yeah, you know, guys, uh, yeah, these days, uh, like that stuff you can't you can't really uh, put into perspective with sort of modern boxing when you talk about uh, like hey, how would this person compete with uh, Jeanette or McVeigh. Yeah. If you're back then, you know, it depends. Can you go 49 rounds? Are you willing to risk it all to that degree? You know? No way. <laughs> no way. I know also that fight between Joe Gans and uh, battling Nelson, it was like 47 rounds or something. From oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, that was crazy. When you think yeah. about that, that was with, you know, the modern um, Marcus of Queensbury rules as yeah. the case with the other one. So these were three-minute rounds that these guys were uh, fighting in. To go that yeah. long, that is absolutely outside in the heat. It's Brutal. always funny uh, when you see the uh, corners with those wet towels just kind of fanning, <laughs> fanning the guy. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that wasn't doing much, but just that little bit probably was all you could get, all you could do at that particular time. So you don't yeah. have guys fighting in those conditions today. 
some of them sustain some kind of also damage later on, like uh, that guy Ad Volga Volgast. Oh yeah, Ad Volgast. Yeah, very like uh, very. He fought. He had a lot of those really long fights. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know of him. Uh, yeah, I know he was a top uh, one of the top contenders, uh, or he may have won a championship as well. Yeah, I think he did. He was like lightweight with the yeah, lightweight. somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I saw his name popped up in this little shorts video I was making last yeah. night. As a matter of fact, someone who fought, I can't remember who. Um, yeah, so there was. Yeah, that's, that's crazy stuff. But yeah, yeah. Green Miter, definitely intriguing uh, time period. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking back, yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I know for myself, even uh, just kind of going back and looking on some of these fighters, it's crazy to think about it. And, you know, there's a lot of these guys, you know, their their stories could be made in the movies. And uh, it, it would be it would be cool to see, you know, because a lot of them had to go through a, a bunch of stuff uh, to get to yeah. the point that they were. Like uh, James G. Braddock, of course, you know, <laughs> his story, Cinderella Man. Oh, yes, the Cinderella Man. Yeah. Like living in poverty, then he suddenly is the world champion, you know, world champion. <laughs> yeah, you know, for the longest I hadn't watched that movie. I just watched that movie, I want to say last year, or it would have been at the very beginning of this year. I can't even remember. I think it was last year. Um I did uh read the book, the original book. Oh yeah. Uh, or the one from Jeremy Shap. Um and yeah, it's pretty uh crazy. Uh just uh yeah, he he's another one of those guys that goes to show uh just like some of the tough stuff you know he couldn't afford yeah. at one point to get his uh get his hand fixed i don't know if it was a left yeah. or right but um that ended up being you know while i'm sure painful it ended up being a benefit for him later on as he was able to make that hand stronger i think it was the left hand and uh and mm. it ended up being a, a true uh sort of weapon for him there uh as he was uh commencing back in his career prior to that title shot and then ultimately losing to uh joe lewis which joe lewis. yeah that was a good fight fight. too yeah yeah that was going to be a tough task for him uh, you know uh, yeah he did manage to drop lewis i think in the first round but he was uh knocked out in the eighth yeah 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 xavier the box you know yeah linkford had to fight up seeing his friend's dad from lynching yeah, you know, yeah, that is uh, crazy. Yeah, those were the times. Yeah, you, you know, I was either reading an article or listening to some discussion. I may have been listening to some discussions on it. it Might have been uh, random acoustic thoughts, you know, and uh, and he had some uh, individuals on. But yeah, they were talking about that. How some of these guys, yeah, um, yeah, they would see that type of stuff, and then you had to be careful when you were fighting, especially if you were fighting a, a white fighter. And yeah. you know, you did some type of real damage. Uh, you, you had to be very careful about that stuff in those particular times. So it does make uh, for for interesting thought behind, like yeah. how, how how some of these guys may have uh, handicapped themselves uh, just in an effort to, you know, make sure that they got out of there. You know, after the aftermath of a fight. Yeah, you know, it was a nasty time. Really, was there was. <laughs> Yeah, as I understand it, that may have been the case with Langford versus uh, Stanley Ketchell. And I know that yeah. that – so I've seen it 
on varying records where some give the fight uh, as a win for Ketchel. And even in the video I made on Stanley Ketchel, I gave it as a win for Ketchel. Ketchel. Um, but, you know, some regarded Langford as being the winner. I went with what uh, was on Box Rec at that particular time. I think uh, yeah, it all depends, though, you know, because uh, mm. I know that Langford was expecting to get a shot at the middleweight title uh, there sometime yeah. later down the road. And that's what I've heard was one of the reasons why he may have uh, held back uh, to a certain degree. Um, so so it is uh, interesting uh, thinking about that. But yeah, it, it is, and, and it is interesting just looking at the records as well when you're going through it because, um, yeah, some of the guys, it all depends. Some sites or or record keepers per se, they don't recognize some of the fights or some of the newspaper decisions. So you'll see it. Excuse me, you'll see a guy being shorted in some cases, hundreds of fights or more than a hundred fights just uh, on account of uh, them being yeah. no decision bouts. Or where the newspaper rendered the decision. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Oh yeah, old Sam was cool and chipper for someone who's been through so much. Uh, I never lost his smile and sense of humor. One of my favorite. Hey, I definitely agree. Yeah, he had no uh, hard feelings or shared no grudges over uh, what took place in his career. So, though so you're all right about that. So to go through that and still remain humble, yeah, that's pretty yeah. pretty amazing. Xavier the boxing yeah. nerd. They fought six days after he was beaten. Yeah, that is insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Given you know what we know of the fight, as far as what's been documented, it's insane to think that uh, McVeigh actually fought that soon after. You know that wouldn't even be enough time to heal the actual wounds on the face. Yeah, the swelling was probably still there. Not, not do good for your health, definitely. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. guys are. Uh, Built different than, yeah. Man. Know that there's un, uh, unseen fight footage of Paris McVeigh and lots of other guys. They see it. They, yeah, that would be cool if that is out there. You know, that, yeah, I haven't been able to find that much footage of those fights. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, because we have to rely on, um, of course, someone getting wind of it, and then, of course transcribing it or turning it digital yeah. is coming from some of the old films which it would have been at that particular time. I know so, um, you cannot see that well, you know. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. So movies. some restoration has to take place. There is a guy I reached out yeah. to him. He's on YouTube. He called, he's called Fight Films Guy is his YouTube page. But a lot of these old fights uh, that you see on YouTube and on his page in particular you may see crop up. He Apparently, I was reading his uh, his uh, website blog or whatever, and he transcribes these and puts them in digital form from mm. like 16 millimeter film. And it's a pretty intricate process, I'd imagine. You have to go through little small finite details to string some stuff together. And sometimes the footage isn't yeah. in any particular order or some of the rounds are not listed in the proper capacity. So I'd imagine that's a very detailed process that uh yeah, takes hard to understand. yeah takes a lot of work yeah that is uh yeah that is uh yeah it'll be good if more stuff crops up Jeanette next day next fight was two weeks later and then joe fought four times and, well, yeah These that's crazy guys really know a lot about this really yeah old history 
Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. These are some uh yeah, some buffs history buffs here. This is good yeah. stuff. <laughs> Without a doubt, yeah, that is crazy to think, yeah, that those guys were competing that short after it. Uh, yeah, Paris would be the place to go if they have the videos. Man, it'd be cool to kind of, yeah, go over there and see what catalog they had there because you imagine that there's yeah. probably some stuff out there that people haven't gotten wind of, or think about how some stuff is found in old basements, even still to this day, not necessarily just old film or video, but just old relics in general, or, you know, there's probably a storage out there somewhere with a bunch of stuff in it that uh, no one's ever opened up in years. Yeah, yeah I mean, France got a pretty, I mean, a proud boxing history after all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. I made a video, a little short on uh, George Carpentier, who uh, yeah, released Orchid uh, Man. <laughs> Regarding the catch-all versus Langford bout, Sam Langford said, "Poor Stanley Ketchell, he really went to the he went to the gate thinking he beat me." Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that may have been the case there, uh, Miter, that he kind of held That's back true. in some sense, uh, just to kind of ensure Sam, that he would get yes, that later yeah. title shot. That was a deliberate uh, misspelling of Ketchell's name. <laughs> catch. <laughs> Old. <laughs> you are not really a fan of his. <laughs> oh, Stanley. Yeah. Bostrick changed Langford Ketchell to a win for Sam. Okay, cool, cool. That's, well, that's kind of unusual, yeah. Well, you know, I think they have a, a pretty large team over there who are constantly going through stuff from what I All gather, right. doing some research and trying to dig up some old stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. Then that, that's good to know. Um, yeah, that that makes sense uh, from what I had uh, gathered. That yeah, it, it was definitely. And this wasn't even Langford, you know, giving his one hundred percent. You know, he was kind of just was, making was. sure that Langford kind of stayed in the mix there, so that he could potentially get that shot at the title. Um, that's interesting. Sure. <sighs> oh, Xavier, the boxing nerd. Oh, you've been working on speed, correct? Now, oh yeah, good stuff. Hey, yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it looks like it's a pretty meticulous thing. I've seen how uh, some of those old videos, and a lot, a lot of times early on, uh, in terms of the early days of YouTube, and this was before I was even doing anything on YouTube, but just seeing some of the videos that people were putting up there of the old fights from several years ago, I know there are often some where, yeah, the speed was a bit off, uh, and it was hard to kind of see the true form of these uh fighters so that's some pretty pretty commendable stuff there i think i follow you xavier or the boxing nerd i've seen i'm pretty sure i've seen some of your videos or something of that nature that's good stuff wow that's love to see uh mclaurin versus ross oh yeah that is cool cool ross mclaurin three i don't know who won that one but I like both fighters. Um, well, Ross, I think it was split decision, right? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know I've seen uh, Barney in there. I know I've seen him in there with uh, freaking um, Henry Armstrong, who I'm fond of as a fighter. But I like, I think, I like uh, Barney Ross. I like his style. He's uh, he was a very good boxer, very well polished. Yeah. You see that in the old films back, back in the day. Uh, that he was very polished as a fighter, and I guess that's why he was able to uh, rack up so many wins. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is pretty cool. I'm gonna be checking for that uh, 
Xavier. McLaren was no joke, you know, so to get a win yeah. twice, that was a big... Jimmy McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, Jimmy McLaren. Yeah, he was a fast spider. Yeah, I was gonna say he's of Irish descent, right? Yeah, I know he was. Yeah, he was in there. Uh, and these guys, you know, they were, they had to fight tough, you know, uh, in terms of their, their resumes or tough resumes. You know, you didn't get any easy shots. <laughs> oh no, no, no problem, uh, Miter. We can see it. It's it's all good to go. Um, can't wait to finally be able to speak my thoughts along you guys because the big thing is wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. We're gonna set up something uh for sure for another one uh yeah. here maybe next week or thereafter, you know. We'll we'll definitely let you know. We'll announce it beforehand for sure. Scrapbook Boston, Lexi Henry Armstrong video. Oh, sounds good. Uh scrapbook, appreciate that. Uh definitely coming from yourself. Uh definitely going to work that. He's one of my favorite fighters there all the time. Oh, homicide. Hammer. Hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A hell of a fighter, a hell of a motor. Um, it, it is pretty amazing. You know, I was uh, chatting with a guy. I want to say his name is Vinny. He uh, usually comments on the videos. Uh, I know he commented that his grandfather seen, had seen Harry Greb and compared him to uh, Armstrong in terms of there may have been some difference in the style, but of course, maybe the way they uh, operated in terms of that motor. And that's all, that's what you would hear about Harry Greb, that it would be nonstop punching, nonstop just moving forward, all that stuff. So I think, um, I think that is pretty awesome. And that's, hey, that was the style of Henry Armstrong, man, that guy right there. Tough, tough, tough fighter right there. Yeah. yeah might have, I want to see more footage of Benny Leonard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Love Benny. You know, I've seen the Lou Tindler and uh, maybe the McLaren stuff uh, as well. Or fight. He was um, really great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Benny was a beast. The ghetto wizard. Uh, favorite nickname in uh, in the sport. The ghetto wizard. Yeah, he was a beast. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. like uh, many, you know, and then just given the time and what happened uh, with uh, things in the country, he had to come back a little bit past it. And uh, of course, yeah, he, he did. He wasn't at that same sort of level overall that he was prior to uh, his first retirement. But um, Benny Leonard was a beast. He, if you yeah. were, you know, I argue him uh, at times as uh, the one of the greatest lightweights. Well, he's certainly one of the greatest lightweights. But um, yeah, you can make an argument with Ooh. him being the top guy. Um, yeah, he yeah, yeah. uh, was that good. Yeah, that was a great era for uh, lightweights. You know, you had Tony Cancioneri and uh, had uh, Benny Leonard and uh, the other guy, what's his name? Uh, Lou Ambers. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, Lou Ambers. Yeah, so really outstanding boxers. And uh, there oh, were yeah. a few others, of course. Freddie Welsh. Yeah, that's right. Freddie Welsh. Yeah, I had pulled up, uh, I think, his box track last night. Yeah, there's a little bo documentary out there on YouTube for uh, Freddie Welsh. It's a pretty good one. Uh, uh, it kind of gives you a little, I think it's probably about an hour or something like that. It kind of gives you a little breakdown of uh, right. like his upbringing, his coming yeah, up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. I had to check it out again. I kind of looked at it. I've seen it in, uh, I would say, bits and pieces. Uh, like I've started and then. I would uh, stop at a certain point because uh, I'm usually watching it at night. And then, but I've seen it a couple times in bits and pieces. I need to just sit down and watch the whole thing in full. Full, mm. but it's it's a pretty good one. 
But yeah, Xavier the boxing you know, yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey, he's worth to follow for sure. Yeah. Your picture is of McLaurin and Ross three. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I think I know McLaurin won the second fight. Yeah. Okay. okay. But they were all very like close, very tough fights, all three. Yeah. See, yeah, don't see those are the type of uh Rivalries we get a little bit few and far in between here in the modern yeah. era. You know, you would think at this particular point, how awesome would it be if we would be on the uh, third Spence versus Crawford fight? You know, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> you, we seldom see that uh, these days. Um, yeah. And the guys who are matched we like still that have to see the first one, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we get get some guys who make for good matchups, but they don't get the same. Publicity as, as the top guys who weren't nope. battling it out in that fashion, nope. you know, is it's pretty crazy. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400 horsepower Nissan Z, or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Hi, it's Carl Deichler, CEO of Beachbody, and I'm giving away 10,000 free memberships a week to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Pick any program and just follow it step by step, like our 21 day fix program or the ab shredding muscle burns fat program. Plus, there's free support in personalized fitness groups with our community of over two. Million members. Now is the time, so don't wait. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Yeah. Uh, I guess the, the guess the last, I guess one of the bigger ones, I guess, would be Pacquiao Marquez. It's pretty crazy, pretty pretty amazing that you know we got that level or stage of uh, multiple fights, which we often don't get to see. But yeah, you know, kind of the nature True. of the beast with the sport at this particular point, I guess you can say. Um, oh. Absolutely, there. I just, you know. Be correcting McLaren versus Leonard. All right. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. Hey, that's good stuff right there, Xavier. You that's particular process. You guys are really doing amazing work. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. And that's the thing. So some I think some of these uh you can't take this stuff for granted. I know I don't take it for granted. Uh people yeah. taking the time to go out and actually do that stuff to these uh old films and videos, mm. and that's how you preserve the history. Um, yeah, and and hey, I'm all for more of it being put out there, you know. And mm. I do like when you get some of the little small vignettes in sort of the modern big fights or whatever that they're showing on ESPN, Showtime, etc. They did a little small one on uh, uh, yeah. Tyson Fury and the lineal, lineal yeah. heavyweight claim and everything, where you get this, they touch on some of the older stuff, uh, but you know, it's always good to uh, give those guys some shine and props. You know, what I hate is when you see, I know a few fighters like, uh, for instance, uh, there was Julio Cesar Green, you know, I don't know if you remember him. He was, uh, he beat William Joppy in the first fight. Anyway, oh, so. okay. And yeah. a very good fighter, you know, he had several other good, I mean, fights with some big, big names, but... And you go online, you find almost no information on him, you know, like... Yeah. And that's what really bothers me. And so I tried to do my own, like, uh, I wrote a history thread about him on this forum. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. 
trying to get as much info on him as possible. <laughs> that is cool. So, do you yeah. still write stuff on there or no? Yeah, I still do. I still do that now. I'm going to have to send me that link again. I remember uh, checking out something you had did a while back. Uh, I think that will be good to uh, highlight yeah. some of that stuff. You'll have to link me to it again. So some of these guys who you know fought some of the best fighters of their time and their era, they but they were really always the winners in those yeah. fights, you know. But they still did very well. But they are they, they get forgotten, you know, after they stop fighting because they didn't like uh, maybe make such big money or they weren't champions oh, yeah. very long, you know that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's not so fair, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate things, the uh, unfortunate yeah. side. Of, you know, these can be great guys, and they're often forgotten. And it, it is crazy, yeah. even in even in modern times, some of the guys who are some of the top contenders who may have won a belt or two, some of them even get fought, uh, forgotten here in modern times. Uh, of course, um, yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, they were great to watch. Also, I know, like Green, for instance, he was. Like very fast, uh, like explosive fighter, very aggressive, all that, you know. Yeah. So could hit also. So. <laughs> see, see, yeah, and you always put me up on some stuff because, uh, yeah, you you sometimes rattle off some of these guys, and I don't know them, and they're more modern fighters, you know. Yeah. So it's something like, I have to go back and uh, check some of these guys out as well, you know. Yeah, but that's good. I oftentimes get gravitate more towards the uh, late 1800s stuff, early 1900s stuff. Right. And yeah. then you have so many, of course, I know here in the modern times as well. It is pretty crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I, I know that some of the videos that I've done on some fighters, so what I try to do is I actually try to go through newspaper accounts, and sometimes yeah. it's hard to uh, find stuff, even uh, yeah. in searching multiple sites. I mainly use... Uh, so Library of Congress has uh, this thing, Chronicling America, where they have a lot of the American newspapers. But sometimes some of these guys are some of the fights uh, that would have been yeah. huge or considered huge at that particular time. or big fights uh, weren't covered in a very vast capacity Ooh. outside of me. It's like a mention of when, like such and such defeated such and such, you know, so you don't really get uh, a lot of the deeper stuff in some of them. Um, but then then there are those where they're very detailed and they go through a, a ton of stuff. Uh, mm. So those are always uh, good to kind of check out and seeing the articles and how they wrote them back then. And it's a, it's a good account of uh, the fights as well. You know, it's, yeah. it's a plus. Yeah. Um, some of them are, can be really detailed. And yeah, I know that. Xavier, mm -hmm. yeah. the boxing nerd, I speak correctly. Canzoneri versus Ambers, great fight. I left the knees for clipping at the end of the since I had to meet the audio. To look. Okay, cool, cool. I'm going to have to check that out. The great Tony Canzoneri. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen uh, I've seen some videos of him online. Uh, I've seen, oh, well, YouTube primarily, I would say. Uh, but yeah, I've seen some videos of him. I know, yeah, he fought. A ton of fights. Another one of those guys who were deep in the mix um, yeah. and highly regarded, uh, arguably the top welterweight. You know, is another one of those uh, amazing fighters, Tony Kenzaneri. And sometimes he's not mentioned. You know. Yeah. Right. I. I mean, when I first time I heard of him, it was like ten years after I really started following boxing or something like that. 
So I was like, who is he? Like, and then yeah, it yeah, turns yeah. out he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greats. I was like, what? Come on, no way. <laughs> How yeah. did I miss this guy? I mean, so long. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he he won't get mentioned at times when you're talking about the uh, top guy yeah. that is weight, you know, and it's it's crazy to think about it. But I know it takes, uh, you know, some people, you know, they don't, they're more uh, prisoners of the moment, I guess you can yeah, say. Yeah. They don't. They don't look at the history, uh, or they yeah, don't... the smaller divisions don't. They never really got their due, you know. Those mm -hmm. guys, and <laughs> especially yeah. below welterweight, or yeah, yeah. And a lot of people they will only know of the sort of the top names, of course. Um, yeah. you'll you'll hear mention of uh, like Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad yeah. Ali, often. That's... Because those are some of the top names that are out there, and people mm. have heard where you don't have to actually even research uh, anything on them to kind of get an understanding of how they are held in uh, high regard. Um, yeah, but yeah there's a, still a ton of uh, other fighters out there who are not getting a lot of the publicity, um, and, it, and it's crazy just thinking about yeah. it sports wise. The history of the sport has so much to give to the world. I read more boxing history, but anything ever sees in here. Oh, yeah, and keeps you intrigued. Yeah, yeah, agree here. You know, that's uh, what I've sort of turned to as well. Of course, the last one that I read um, uh, was uh, the, I think it was Cinderella Man. I've gone through the uh, John L. Sullivan book a couple of times. Uh, there's this book on Max Baer. His uh, sort of autobiography, I guess you can say. Colleen uh, Acock uh, had written it. I have it here somewhere. I had, I would say I got to probably like uh, two-thirds of it, and I still need to finish it. It's been a, probably like a, a couple of years since, I, at least two years since I jumped into it at this particular point. But, um, yeah, it's, you, you know, you get attached to some of these fighters uh, when you go through it, so... I have high regards for uh, Max Beer having gone through that uh, yeah. and trying to understanding truly a playboy for the time. You know, he would be one of those uh, blitz and glam guys to a certain degree if he were out there right now. I'd imagine he'd be even more popular. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. He was also like a very fun kind of guy with that clown persona he had. A, yeah, 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 definitely. Yes. Xavier the boxing that I flipped the video, speak correct the whole video cushion working. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's good stuff. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, yeah, I've seen that video on times. I actually had reposted something on my page uh, with uh, some color added to it. Um, that might have been the version, uh, but this was a sh very short version actually. It was, um, I want to oh. say a minute or less or something of that nature. Hey, that's good stuff. Uh, Xavier, hey, we, I tip my hat to you uh, for going out there and doing that because this is stuff that uh, will stand the test of time, even far beyond. And uh, I guess that's a way, to, a way of looking at it because people are going to continue to want to know you, you'll have those, uh, even if it's not on that mainstream level, you'll have those who have an interest in uh, sort of the past and what has happened. Uh, Jersey Joe Walcott deserves oh, more attention yeah. too. Can't wait for that to make another career to surface. Joe Gans and Barbados, Wild Card are tweeted as wish more conservative. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is correct. Uh, but yeah, Jersey Joe Walcott, you know, I, I appreciate I, I think I've appreciated uh, Walcott more and more, you know, so as yeah. I've uh, followed the sport longer early on 
um, you know, I, I didn't understand the nature of his footwork and uh, just kind of seeing how he operates now. It just I have I have an appreciation that grows more and more. Uh, he was very meticulous in there and uh, just the way he operated with his footwork. You know, you don't see that a lot uh, these days in that same capacity, at least. But, yeah, he was a hell of a fighter. Um, yeah. Jersey uh, Joe. To knock out uh, Ezra Charles, that was no... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. And then, of course, he, you know, he's on the receiving end of uh, that Marciano knockout, which is yeah. up there in the annals of history as one of the, the great knockouts uh, <laughs> was to be captured on video. Um, of course, he was uh, a little bit older at that particular time. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, he was doing, uh, doing very well. Until then, he was in charge, right? So. Yeah. Heck of a fighter. I think I mentioned one time I had in, had interviewed uh, uh, Steve Smoger, the referee, and I know he was saying that uh, when he became a pro or he got commissioned in some sense or whatever it may be, it was Jersey Joe Walcott who was like the head guy over the, I don't know if it was the athletic commission or it was something to do with the officials uh, at that particular time. Uh, oh, yeah, so that's think, how yeah. Steve Smoger got his start. Uh, under uh, Jersey Joe Walcott, which is pretty crazy, right? Think yeah, he was like some kind of, yeah. He was, I know he was in the commission after he retired, yeah. Yeah, Jersey Joe. And, and yeah, we agree on Joe Jans, Barbados Joe Walcott. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool if there was more stuff on them, more videos. You'd have to think there's got to be something out there somewhere. Uh, Joe Walcott is like one of those... And I would say enduring boxing uh, alias is just like yeah. Young Corbett or... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah, were a lot of people with those, yeah, those names, even though, even though not all of them were really named. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I was uh, working on some videos on some of those same name guys. Uh, the first one I'm going to start with, of course, is going to be uh, George Gottfried. Because you had the old chocolate George Godfrey and the oh, yeah. <laughs> Liquorville Shadow, but they both turned out to be very good. Uh, yeah. And but yeah, you're right about that with some of the other names. And I still see some when I'm looking at some old uh, some, uh, particular fighters. I'll see where some things crop up, like the number of uh, Joe Gans versions that are out there. Probably more than uh, one could actually research and, and know. Yeah. I know there are a ton of them out there. <laughs> like always, young, this young, that young, uh, Joe Gans, young, uh, I'd say Jack Johnson, and all that stuff. <laughs> okay, good, good to go. Uh, scrapbook, yeah. So he was, uh, okay, New Jersey State Athletes Commission. Okay, cool, cool. That's the role he played. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew he had uh, continued to work in boxing uh, even after he had completed his uh, in-ring career. So, yeah, that is uh, good stuff. Um, Jersey yeah. Joe Walcott. Yeah, and that's another name. There are a bunch of... Uh, Walcott. Uh, no, his name was Walcott. not Walcott, really. Right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I forget what it was. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. remember either. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It a was, lot of yeah, you know, uh, Barbados Joe uh, Walcott was uh, you know, he a was a real Joe Walcott, right? Yeah, a lot <laughs> of people, yeah, fought under his namesake. So there are a ton of those out there uh, uh, as well. Um, I want the John Jarrett book, uh, Max Bear. Okay, cool. The Clown Prince of Ice, and there's 
Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I saw how they did. Yeah, he he was a uh, yeah he was not that type of a uh, yeah he was like portrayed as a really kind of yeah yeah he a wasn't jerk. a villainous <laughs> guy he wasn't a villainous yeah. guy in that sense you know I yeah. think he, you know a part of him he you know he kind of wanted to not uh, really hurt uh, Braddock you know in anticipation of the fight when they were gonna actually. Uh, had uh, actually fight each other. So, yeah, you're right in that sense. I thought the movie was well-produced um, in terms of uh, when well-shot, and they did a great job with the uh, character. So the guy, yeah. I thought they did a good job with the character. He, he did look like uh, Max Bear for sure. Yeah, he did. The KO of Vincent Charles is my favorite KO of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it was smoothly executed like a walk in the park. Top three favorite His biography is good. I, cool. Yeah. I believe it was Greg Page. He uses one of Joe's tricks when he, you like pretend okay. to walk away and then he would just turn around and hit you. Like <laughs> yeah, hit you with something. Yeah. <laughs> Jersey Joe, yeah. smooth operator for sure. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, Vider Van der Leaperville Shadows and Absolute Destroy. He suffers with no fix. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was a big guy, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, I know he was fighting at over 250 pounds at uh, some points. Uh, about six three. Uh, this is George Godfrey, the leader oh, yeah. of the battle. So the, the second iteration of uh, the uh, uh, better version or a great version of uh, George Godfrey. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a fight out there of him. Uh, I was trying to add some color to it, but there's a fight out there of him and um, Primo Canera. It was one that is regarded as fixed, but basically, giant uh, fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Godfrey catches Canera with a seemingly it's a body shot, and Canera goes down. But then it's ultimately ruled as a disqualification from a low blow right. for uh. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of that back in the day. A lot of you know. Fake D DQs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I read about some of those in some of the stuff, even beyond when they had video, you know, of some situations like that. But yeah, and I know Primo, he had a, a lot of that sort of fixing and yeah, sort of he was like connected to control the stuff. Yeah, yeah, tied to his uh career as a whole. You know, yeah. hey, given you know his skill set, uh, he was able to rack up a lot of wins, but. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the percentage of that would have been kind of uh, some fishiness behind him, but you know he was a, a pretty huge guy, so I imagine yeah. it was a tough task. Huge, and he could hit, I guess, pretty hard because he has a lot of knockouts on his record. But I don't know how many of them are legit. So that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Especially when you look at that, at the you know the, those bigger stage fights. Jersey Joe's a sheriff yeah. too. He did it. All. Okay, yeah. Jersey Joe. That's what. That's what's up. Sure. Oh, that. Well, oh yeah, Arnold or uh, Armin Raymond Cream. Cream. Okay. Cream. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cream. So that's Jersey Joe's original shirt name. All Cream. right. Armin Raymond Cream. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like Thanks, a guy uh, yeah, who exactly. sells ice cream or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I get what you're saying there. Cookies. <laughs> Xavier the Boxer, George Green was the first young Corbett named after James. Okay, Green was one of the two to defeat. Oh, yeah, James J. Oh. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, Tommy Ryan. So I want to do a video on Tommy Ryan. Great guy, or uh, great fighter right there. I think he was uh, welterweight. 
primarily, at yeah. least. Um, he's another yeah. guy who hasn't talked about a ton, but uh, there in the late 1800s, hey, he was the top dog. I know one of the third young Corvette, he was like called, uh, he was from Italy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ralph Jordan or something. And uh, the announcer didn't like that name, so he just called young Corvette the third. It was like kind of racist, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know about, see, I know about the the first two just from some videos I've done, or not the first two, but the second two, young Corvette the second and then the third. Yeah. Um, but I know, I'm sure. I need to uh, look into the first uh, Corvette, young Corvette or whatever. But I know I am familiar with Tommy Ryan. Mm. Yeah, he's often, uh, yeah, he's often not mentioned. It's crazy to think about it. Uh, and uh, he should be mentioned. Shout out to George the boxing Green. librarian. I've seen uh, him cover on uh, Tommy Ryan or at least talk about him. He has a record kind of reminiscent of Carlos Monzon. <laughs> he was like 87, 3, and 9, I think. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's in what could, could be considered modern times, you know, where you don't see a ton of those uh, yeah. these days for sure. 100 fights. Well, <laughs> Foster, yeah. Oh, good stuff, Scrap. Look, yeah, that is. I feel like I heard that somewhere or read that somewhere, but that's good stuff. So the Sheriff Bob. Yeah, he, big I puncher bet. right there. He was a huge puncher. Yeah, I bet he was pretty intimidating. A tall guy who could <laughs> punch so hard. <laughs> yeah, sheriff. <laughs> he didn't want to just run up on him. I'm sure. Yeah, you better stay on my good side. You hear? Yeah. <laughs> Might have been Joe Janet actually reminds me of Jersey Joe's story. Okay, the Joplin ghost, Jeff Clark. Okay, yeah, Jeff Clark. He was a. Uh, oh wow, he was his uncle. Joplin Ghost Jefferson. Okay, then Grandmaster Flash is Sandy Sandy Sattler's nephew. Cool history. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had seen that. You may have mentioned that uh, on a comment or something. Uh, uh, Miter. Yeah, probably on that Sandy Sattler video. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, and I seen that somewhere else as well in terms of that mention of uh, Grandmaster Flash. That's pretty awesome. Uh, the Joplin Ghost, Jeff Clark. You know, I need to research him more. I know he was one of those top guys who uh, he's an often mentioned, uh, and he could be a. Uh, I think he's not in the Hall of Fame. I know some have claimed for him to uh, be there, but he fought a lot of the top yeah. guys uh, at his particular time. If you look at his resume, I um, mean, you know, if you compare some of that stuff to. Um, some of the guys that are in, you can understand why. Yeah, why wouldn't he be in? You know. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting thing, and that is uh, that's your good stuff there, uh, scrapbook. But yeah, um, man, mm-hmm. this this has been uh cool. Uh, I know it's getting late for you there. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's just getting dark now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Cool. You know, this has been great. Yeah, we've yeah, definitely really appreciate nice all the have, comments. Yeah, to have somebody also commenting and very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Of course, I'm going to be checking for the rest of you guys uh, when you go live and all that stuff again. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, shout out to uh, all of those that uh, dropped in, of course. Uh, My dear Scrapbook Boxing, Xavier the Boxing Nerd. Uh, mm. um, Hey, shout out uh, Rodolfo Rivera. Hey, shout out uh, for um, dropping in. Mm. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, yeah, that is pretty crazy uh, story. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, them being uh, related like that. Yeah, it's a small world in some sense, the way we say. Uh, yeah. Just you know, yeah, seeing some of those connections. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. My uh, girlfriend is... Uh, my girlfriend is uh, friends with the wife of uh, uh, Master G, who was uh, with Sugar Hill Gang, which is uh, right. crazy, right? That ties back to that same 80s uh, <laughs> hip hop or late 70s, uh, early 80s hip hop era. The small world, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but All yeah, right. okay, good stuff. Good stuff, uh, Miter. But cool, cool, cool. Hey, we appreciate everyone dropping in. Of course, we're going to uh, be back up in this thing here at some point. We've gone for hour 39. You know, we always say that, hey, we're just going to uh, go for a particular, uh, like an hour <laughs> or 30 minutes or something. It never works yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, we've gone close to three hours once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's crazy. And then yeah. getting that stuff loaded. But yeah. But cool, cool, man. Hey, I thank you, uh, Slavin, for uh, linking up. Um, of course, we're going to bring Always. this thing back. And My yeah, if any, others, in any, if any others want to join, like Miter, hey, we're going to uh, post the next one. And uh, hey, we can, we can get you in there. We can have a discussion. Uh, all topics with, welcome because uh, we care about all that's going on, including the history uh, and stuff. Uh, so so that, is, uh, that is good stuff. Indeed, Rodolfo, indeed. Yeah, as mentioned, yeah, scrapbook boxing. Hey, he hey, he knows his stuff. It's it's crazy. So you have to check out some of his videos. Hey, I learned a ton just uh, going through some stuff I didn't know. Like pretty much every video, it's uh, it's, it's cool seeing that stuff. Um, and, and being able to share it or have it shared and all that. But, yeah. uh, but cool. Yes. All right. Um. Well, yeah. So until next time, people. Um. We are going to. Sign out uh, and uh, have a good day, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you uh, dropping in for sure. Have a good one, Flavin. Yeah, you too. <laughs> All right. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria.